0: Thank you so much for joining the Grateful Badass Podcast. Are you on a quest for a meaningful life filled with gratitude? The Grateful Badass Podcast is just for you. With inspiring topics and badass guests doing badass things, this show is all about grateful living badass style. Hey there, this is Grateful Badass, your host. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope all is well your way. So very excited for this episode 32. I have a special guest speaking on special, a special topic that is very dear to my heart. Um, the episode goes a little bit longer. This episode goes a little bit longer than my um, regular episodes, but be patient. It's for an excellent cause, and I think that you will be truly inspired by the topic for this episode. Also, before I get into the guests in the conversation. I have a free gift for you. So go to gratefulbadass.com to claim your free ebook and check it out and let me know what you think. Grateful living badass style ebook. Just a little bit of um me sharing my journey. So anyway, take take it. Take um take me up on the free ebook and let me know your thoughts. All right, stay tuned for my guest Hey there, this is the Grateful Badass Podcast, and I'm super
1: excited that I have a guest, a special guest, and I'm very excited and very appreciative of his time, and I'm going to go ahead and, and shout him out with his bio. And he, first of all, he is my classmate of the high school of Memphis, Tennessee, born, we both born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee. He is currently the chief of external affairs of the Achievement School District of Tennessee, founder of Concretize Strategies, LLC, okay, get ready because this is a little bit, this is, you know, some awesome things coming up, former chief chief of staff for the mayor's office for six years, senior advisor to the mayor for a couple of years, and also former district director for the United States House of Representatives to the office of representative, former representative Harold Ford, Jr., He's a family man, has a lovely wife and an adorable son. Welcome Bobby White.
2: Hello, hello, Stacey. Happy Hi. to be here with you.
1: Thank you so much. And I had to take a <laughs> breath after your bio. Your bio is Yeah, I
2: I should have told you to <laughs> cut that in half. Please use your butter knife in the kitchen. Cut that bio in oh, half. Not necessary no. at all.
1: No, 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 no. My classmates all are doing it big. I'm super proud of you, and I am no, so we're delighted. we're proud of you. Oh, no, no, well we're, well, we're all doing big things, actually. We, you know, anyway, that's a whole nother podcast, all right? There we go. All right, so let me tell you, Bobby, I was looking at social media. You know, I'm in New York, and you're at home in Memphis, and I sometimes in the, in New York, I get really Nostalgic. I've been here, what, four years now, getting nostalgic, and I, I miss Memphis, and so especially now, um, yesterday, April 4th, celebrated 50 years or recognized 50, 50 years since the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King, and all of the events that I saw on social media going on in Memphis just really just right. took me back. And Mm -hmm. I really, I already had something set up for the podcast for this week, but I had to put, I had to put that aside, excuse me, I had to put that aside because I had to just, you know, acknowledge and honor Dr. King, especially tied to my hometown, and I wanted to get you on to share everything, I just, I just need to talk to someone there, besides (laughs) my parents, (laughs) besides my parents, that's a whole other conversation in regards right. to, it's a really funny conversation. They're both, you know, up in age. But um, so how are you feeling with everything that's going on in Memphis right now?
2: Well, it's been a really, I mean, I think the, one of the things, uh, Stacy and I know you know growing up here, it's, it's kind of like those folks who grew up in New York and um, pro- possibly never visited the Statue of Liberty. It's kind of like us, because you're so around it and it's familiar to you, and others are awed by certain things that may seem familiar to you. Um, and, you know, the as much as this legacy has been here, uh, Dr. King coming here to come to the defense of the working poor, those sanitation workers with the okay. city of Memphis who essentially were working every day and yet still needed to be on public assistance because they weren't making um, a living wage or enough money to support their families. And Dr. King coming here and dying in our city, um, it's one of those things that we're close to and that history is one that we are familiar with, you know, having grown up in Memphis. But it's something when you see other people who travel here and are here in Memphis for the first time to experience it and be around it and be caught up by it it's like you experience it all over again through their eyes. So it's been pretty amazing uh, just to experience this 50-year event through the eyes of individuals who've never traveled here before and are awed by and shaken by uh, that history that we are so familiar with. So it's really been uh, quite interesting to see so many people coming from all over the nation and even parts of the world to be here.
1: Absolutely. Exactly. I, you know, your analogy with New Yorkers and the Statue of Liberty is a very good one and accurate, because growing up yeah. in Memphis, just as, as you stated, I, I I can see that. I felt that, you know, the I, when my parents would take me by the Lorraine, right. or my, me and my sisters by the Lorraine Motel right. and say, okay, this is where the assassination occurred. And, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you feel it and you see it, but, you right. know, you're a little detached from it. And right. until... Until years now, 50 years now, and then we're older and we can appreciate things right. a little bit absolutely. more. Right, absolutely. Yes, and and, and so, I, you know, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm thinking back, what it, What have I been taught? You know, I don't remember, you know, school, Mississippi City schools were, were wonderful and all, but we didn't have a lot of history in regard. Right. We didn't have a lot of history lessons in regards to, to Martin Luther King. Um, and so the, the the history lessons, the black history lessons that we garnered, excuse the sirens, this is New York. The, no the, history, lessons that, the, the history lessons that we garnered were from, pretty much from our families and our, from our Absolutely. church communities, right? That is and so, so I, true. Right. And so I had to go back, and I was thinking, I was like, what What do I remember? What do I remember about mm-hmm. this time? The whole country and the whole world, just as you stated, is paying homage, homage to our city and recognizing, you know, as the as you know, fifty years later. But what do I remember personally? And I had to just take a step back and really, you know. And then I felt a little bit like, oh my goodness, I wish I was there. I wish I was yeah. there. Hence, <laughs> yes, hence me thinking. I'm like, who can I speak with? And for me, Bobby, I think that you pretty much, you know, you is Memphis. And I'm, I, you know, I you are Memphis. You're in you. Been there. I know you went away to Morehouse for college, but you took your skills back home and, you know, big up to you for that. And and so you were the person that came to mind, definitely.
2: Well, I, I tell you this, that the one thing about it, you're so right about that history that, you know, when you're in a city, um, sometimes, again, it's the thing of familiarity with the people and personalities that sometimes it takes a while for it to sink in what you've yes. been blessed to, to be around and and, and family members who, not just family members and church members who tell you about that history, but who are a part of that history. Um, right. I, I think, for instance, even my um, my elementary school principal, her name was Hattie Jackson. Hattie um, uh, Jackson but which, was the... But which
1: elementary school did you go to, Bobby?
2: It was Double Tree Elementary out Double there tree. in the Westwood yes. community.
1: Uh, okay. It was built
2: in the 70s, and so it was, didn't have as long of a history as some of the other schools, but... Patty Jackson was the principal there, and she was the widow of H. Ralph Jackson, who was a friend of Dr. King and very important with uh, helping to get him along, him here, along with folks like um, Reverend James Lawson, um, uh, G. E. Patterson, who also was on that nine-member steering committee uh, that invited right. Dr. King to town. But I, I tell you, so there are people around who were not just telling us those stories, but who are a part of that. So well, I, I think that the whole the thing about this fifty years is that. You know, we, we've we've kind of become. I, I must say that I've found myself becoming, you know, reflective and kind of uh, looking in the mirror at myself and considering. You know, you go back through. We were at Mason Temple just the other night. I was privileged to be there with and um, in, in, in assisting Bishop Blake, who's the presiding bishop of the Church of God in Christ. Uh, right. For folks who are not familiar uh, may be hearing this. Um, Mason Temple. I've seen it miss stated in, the, in some quote books as Dr. King delivering the famous mountaintop address at the Masonic Temple. No, it's actually Mason Temple, named for Mason a guy Temple. named Bishop C.H. Mason, who was the founder of the Church of God in Christ. It okay. was a um, building that was uh, I kind of say it was the, one of the original FUBU's for us by us. It was built ah, by uh, black that. folks in the, in the 1940s when steel was being rationed for the war effort. They built okay. that massive uh, building and it was you know, owned by, at a lot of times, the largest building owned by African-American organizations. But we were there at Mason Temple. I was there with Bishop Blake and asked me the the union um, that uh, Local 1733, those marchers were wanting to become a part of and became a part of.
1: We were there
2: at Mason, and it just really occurred to me that, you know, becoming reflective, listening to and all over again, reading through those words of that mountaintop address that Dr. King delivered, recognizing right. that, you know, we still have so many struggles that we deal with, but it's so instructive, his words and the life that he lived. Like, I'm a man was, you know, the original hashtag before March yeah. for Our Lives, before Black Lives Matter. But what we saw with Dr. King, what we saw with those men, what we saw across the length and breadth of the Civil Rights Movement, were men and right. women bound together. Fighting a fight through nonviolent means, and that fight continues on so many fronts. As we're seeing these young people who are continuing that type of work with what they're doing against gun violence to try to uh, to deal with gun uh, laws and march for our lives. It's just so of course. And and it was so it was even night on that night at Mason Temple on April third, just the other day, which was the day before he was assassinated on April fourth when he delivered that mountaintop address. We were there commemorating fifty years since he delivered that speech and his granddaughter, Dr. King's okay. granddaughter, little Yolanda, uh Renee King, um, okay. she was there. Uh and, and she had just he? given about, that up, she's about, about eleven she? years old and she had mm-hmm. just done maybe a couple of days before a, a really wonderful speech for the eleven year old that she wrote herself, I read, but she delivered it at that March for Our Lives rally. Um oh, and, yes. and thousands of and so she was there in Mason Temple. So it's a continuation of the work and things that we have to Absolutely. look and see how we continuing that work and that legacy.
1: Absolutely. You know, I, I, like I said, I was, I was taken back, and I had to go, and the closest thing that I have here, in regards to all the clips that I've seen on social media, I had to go yeah. back, and I found a documentary last night on PBS, and it was called mm-hmm. Roads to Memphis, and they played excerpts from the speech um, mm. to the mountaintop. It, mm-hmm. you know and I'm I'm going to tell you the, the mountaintop speech and I'm going to tell you that I was sitting here near just felt like I was there in the moment yeah. because he yeah. spoke always so eloquently and yeah. you know there was just such such I don't know Bobby I was incredibly moved and it's it, it was sort of a foreshadowing because I believe he spoke about yeah. um if, if he, he wasn't he wasn't concerned about any threats to his life because he knew, you know, basically I'm paraphrasing in my own words too with his words, that there was a, you know, it was a calling on his life that he was carrying, he was carrying out. And if any, I think he called it any sick white brothers would come against him, then so be it, you know, this time. But he was doing what it is he was supposed to be doing Mm -hmm. at that time, which it was so very inspirational for me right now in 2018, faced with everything that we're faced with, with our community and our country actually.
2: Absolutely. And and i tell you, that speech still moves me to this day to know that I, I don't know that to, to, to hear that speech uh and, and we, to, to hear it in Mason temple, like we did just the other day. Yes. Played, I can only uh, imagine. Surf, I can, it, it,
1: yes, it moves I can only it, imagine. it
2: really does. And, 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 and yes. but you know, the, 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 the thing that I will say, um, even in listening to and, and just thinking about where we are, and the work that is ahead, it's the idea that those men and women, I mean, there are so many unnamed foot soldiers who are part of that movement. It just right. does one of those things where, you know, it makes you, um, you know, there, there are so many, my cousin calls them Facebook revolutionaries, you know. yeah, <laughs> yes. I mean, social yes. media can't absolutely be a tool, but at the same time, these are people who really put, so much on the line. Um,
1: yeah, uh, to, they put their words to, they yes, put words to action.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that and that's I'll what say, we need
1: to, we need absolutely. to take that from that. Yes, you, today. you
2: You're taking those words right out of my mouth because I think that's exactly it, that in what way can we fulfill this legacy uh, in putting uh, action with our word, even as we honor Dr. King. And that's the right. other thing, too, um, uh, 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 Stacey, I mentioned, is that mm-hmm. You know, the one thing that even comes to my mind is that as we were, so much of what we had going on here, we had personalities like, you know, hearing from uh, Reverend James Lawson, uh, who was his friend Al Sharp, and Ambassador, okay. former mayor of Atlanta, Andy Young, uh, commentator, yeah. Van Jones, uh, you know, folks like right. the actor Chris Tucker, and all these folks who were here in the town doing so many different events. And there, there were so many events happening at the museum and at at local universities and at businesses. Uh, yeah, I saw and that. At,
1: you know, I had to sort of Google some things, and I think they had a legal discussion at the University of Memphis yeah. at the School of Law over there, and then they had something at the, you know, you know more much better than me. But I'm just speaking of what I Googled. There was the Crosstown conc- Concourse yeah, absolutely. Um, event. Yeah. What was it called? Yeah. An ev- evening of Storytelling. Storytelling,
2: yep. Uh, Tamron Hall was yes. the, uh, actually, uh, uh, mistress of ceremony. I helped to uh, with that event, and Marion Wright Ellman was there, I believe Jesse yes, Jackson, I Congressman saw that. John Lewis. So it was really, um, you know, and then, and then the other part is we have all these local personalities who who got to tell of their course. stories, like Mike Cody, who's with per- Birch. I was just talking to him earlier today. Uh, he's okay. With Birch Porter Johnson Law Firm and was Dr. King's attorney while he was in town. He and Andy Young were in court getting the injunction that had stopped the march from going forward. And he had just dropped Andy Young back at the Lorraine motel and was headed back home when he heard over right. the radio that Dr. King had been assassinated. So been stories like that, you know, like. Of right. Those yeah, that you don't read
1: in um, Time right. magazine or in a New York Times, right. that is so endearing. You know, right. those right. real so, stories are real people. Um, you know, and their involvement in, in the movement is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Let me tell you this. I was just talking with my parents before we got on the call, and, mm-hmm. you know, and my dad probably probably told me this, but I, like I said, my memory, you know, from small goes, how about my dad was at Mason Temple on that night for his last he was there last night, and he spoke of the rain because it was storming that night, yep. which was yep. so true because they spoke about it in the – dark. well, of course, in the documentary. And I was like, Dad, you were there? He's like, yes, I told you this. And I'm like, are you sure? He's <laughs> like, yes, I told you this. And he – I've
2: got it. That's crazy. That's amazing. That story. Is.
1: Yes. Yeah. And he was also – at the march before they, the, the the first unsuccessful march when they started to ride and such, and he said he was at the march, but he had, you know, he had a family, I think at the time they had my, my two sisters, I wasn't born yet, they had my two right, sisters right. at the time, and so my dad was like, no, when they started to uh, break windows and things, right. he had to get out of, the, and so he left. Yeah, but yeah. I, and that was just history right there for me, my personal family history that I'm super proud of. But let me tell you, I am so proud of what Memphis is doing with the acknowledgement of of MLK fifty, and I was so proud. And yes, and so that's as I as I've stated, I had to I have to just speak on it with the podcast It's a platform. <laughs> yeah. So I want to share with people who may not be who you know with fellow Memphians who may not be in Memphis at the time or for the events, and also those you know in other states as well who want to get us just hear these stories that you're speaking on in regards to, um, those involved, those stories that we don't hear about the fine line stories that we don't hear about of the people that are, the local people that are involved in the,
2: in, um, in the absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 and lastly, if it's okay for me to share, um, there, there's one story that, uh, Reverend Bernice King, who you know is the daughter of Dr. King,
1: right? Right. I heard an excerpt first from her speech. And her speech,
2: I, she shared something that she she talked about it in a way that really that really uh, moved me. Um, okay. That that family that she used the word trauma, <laughs> talking about the trauma her family has had to endure. Uh. Just regarding not only losing their father to an assassin's bullet, but it's also the fact that uh, little known fact, and she shared it, but 15 months after, um, I guess it was a little over a year after okay. her dad was killed, they lost their Uncle A. B. King under mysterious circumstances where he was basically drowned in a swimming pool, the family swimming pool. Really? And then and then the other part of it, and this is one of those things you kind of know and heard the stories and all and was reminded of it. Later on, it was a situation where um there uh, there was Alberta King, um, okay. and that she was playing um, the organ at Ebenezer Church there in Atlanta in nineteen early seventies. I, I really don't know the day. but she okay. was assassinated or killed in the church. Um, and what? and it's one of those crazy story where this guy uh, come in fi- fired around and anyway, and she was killed there in in the church. And so okay. it's one of those things where that family it's almost kind of like what we we thought about the Kennedy family in terms of yeah. the trauma that the Kennedy family dealt with with the assassination of JFK with the assassination of Robert Kennedy with the plane crash right. of JFK Jr.
1: Right. what they call and the Kennedy with curse. It,
2: yeah, with the Kennedy curse with Teddy Kennedy and how um, the Chappaquiddick and and what happened with that whole situation, just the whole thing that but the King family has dealt with that as well and Right. she said something where she said to pray for her family where yes. she called her MLK the third up and said, pray for Dexter King and her brother and pray, pray for them. And so just a reminder that as we honor him, she put it this way that they still have not been able to quote unquote, she put the little finger symbols up, been able to bury him uh, from the standpoint right. that everybody lifts his memory and, and, and reminds them of how great he is. And, And all the things that he's done, but their family has experienced a trauma that they still live with to this day. So, behind that legacy, there's still that family that has grappled with the loss of him and these other things that have happened in their family. And it's been very hard. You can see it in her face here and in her voice. Uh, And I just, you know, I just, I guess, I guess it just put that in my mind brand new about what that family has had to deal with over these years.
1: Right, and there's something because you know we claim King, of course, as our you know as our former leader or our present still leader, and we mm-hmm. claim his legacy, and you know you mm-hmm. forget that he was dad, yeah, you know he was that, dad, and it. he was father, and that's because you know what the excerpt that I believe that I heard, and I think mm-hmm. it was from um Martin King the Third. He spoke mm-hmm. of, you know, my dad went. I, I'm still paraphrasing. My dad, you know, he went to Memphis and mm-hmm. he didn't come back. Yeah. Think on that. Yeah. You know. He,
2: that's right. That's right. And he told. My dad. <laughs> and, he, and he asked him not to go. And and. Yeah, and, and, that's and right. The, he, yeah. And he that's right.
1: MLK the third asked okay. his dad not to go. And he told that's him everything's right. gonna be all right. Yeah. Wow. You're right. Wow. And you and I can see her her analogy in regards to they haven't been able to bury him because you know our country we haven't let him go we've not Mm -hmm. you know we've not let him go and that's um and so those are the stories that i wanted to hear and wanted for you to share bobby those insider the fact you know you were there and you were on the ground and just to hear that you know you know from your perspective is, is profound and i definitely appreciate it and i'm sure the listeners appreciate it, and um, I, I, that's phenomenal. And, yeah. and, and you spoke of uh, earlier. We talked briefly about a, a couple of sanitation workers that you have been familiar with for your for that you've known personally. Yeah, you want to speak it, on that it, for a minute? Yeah, absolutely. There, there. I
2: mean, I will. There's uh, keeping in mind these are young men, uh, many of them when this happened, and. Yes. And at the time that um and so what you've had over a period of years is you had any number of these gentlemen who um have unfortunately they're no longer with us, but there are many of them who still are. And right. uh, one of um some one of them in particular, I've, I've known for many years, his name is Cleopa Smith. Um he's okay. um He's um, someone that I came to know years ago because he was a member of um, the Church of Bishop G. Patterson. In fact, he was the one who got Bishop Patterson involved in that movement back in 1968. But then there's also, and so Elder Elder Smith is still around and still actually uh, works with the city. Um, Then there's Elmore Nickelberry. Elmore
1: Nickelberry. And uh, um, Mr. Nickelberry was. He was on the documentary that I spoke of. He did a little, yeah, he, yes, they featured him on that PBS documentary.
2: Yeah, he still drives truck, sanitation trucks for the city. He's the longest tenured employee in the city's history. Not just That's with amazing. the city right now, but in the city's history. He's like and, 85, 86 years old.
1: What? Time. And he's still employed by the city? What?
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and driving amazing. the truck, 86 years old. His son actually... Um, works with the city in half a year, and they're fine gentlemen. Um, uh, these are fine gentlemen, uh, Mr. Nickelberry and and Mr. Smith, actually Elder Smith. Um, right. and, and Baxter Leach, there are other, others of these I've been privileged over a period of time to have been able to know uh, many of these um, um, uh, gentlemen, some that I right. knew who are no longer around, like Taylor Rogers, who was a, a leader among them. Uh, Elliot okay. Perry's grandfather, um, Elliot Perry, who was a standout at the University of Memphis, NBA star. Yes, I remember.
1: I um, remember. Uh-huh. His,
2: have you ever looked at the photo, the I Am a Man photo, that historic photo taken by Ernest Withers, that okay. there's a guy walking across the front of the photo that has a pair of horn-rimmed glasses on, and that's Elliot Perry's okay. grandfather.
1: Wow. And and so,
2: mean, it, wow. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm just saying, so that it goes to to the point you made about The same way you're talking about how your dad was there on that night in Mason Temple. There are people around us that we've been privileged to know and and who were involved with this history um, that, you know, have been instructive and helped to give us an appreciation for it.
1: Exactly. And they're carrying their own personal uh, Martin Luther King, Dr. Martin Luther King um, stories. And, and, you know, and that's, and those are the best type of stories I have to tell you. They are those mm. are the endearing ones that you call, that you hold close to you, and they just have a different special meaning, you know. But I have one more question for you in regards to the uh, sure. MLK 50. Um, the the Claiborne Temple was the head. Now this is what I did not know. Am I mm-hmm. pronouncing it correctly, Claiborne Temple? Claiborne right? Temple, yeah. yeah Yeah. it was the the, what I didn't know and I love about just you know just love about being able to just go back and and just review these things and find out the things that I don't know that I didn't know that I didn't know you understand? anyway (laughs) anyway so it was the headquarters it was the headquarters of it was the headquarters for the sanitation um strike movement that I didn't know that and then they Mm -hmm. have erected they have put up a nice beautiful have you I'm sure you've seen it um, some kind of some kind of monument or statue in front of the um temple?
2: Yeah, they've uh, you- I am a man, uh I am a man, yes. Uh yeah. Yes. And so, oh, it's so a plaza. Covered in temple. yeah, yeah. It's kind of a you know, it's a it's a lovely uh, a building they built. And I, I tell you, I kind of have a, a not building but a structure a art piece, I am a man, uh, kind of um, um, um tailored after the sign, uh that's become so well known. And yes. and you know, so Claiborne Temple kind of has, I mean, some of these things I just happen to know. Uh, it was Second Presbyterian Church that I know knew um, uh, originally had Claiborne Temple for a long period of time. Uh, and I know that it ended up being purchased, I'm not sure what year, but mm-hmm. after Second Presbyterian Church had been there for many years, I know they moved down on Poplar or move to a new campus. I'm not sure if it's the one that they're currently on there, popular and good lit, um, But okay. it ended up in the hands of the AME Church. And so over a period of years, Clayton Temple just fell into disrepair. And so within okay. the last several years, because there was so much history at the church.
1: Yeah, um, of
2: course. And um, of course. the last several years, there's been an effort to kind of uh, refurbish and and, and 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 make that, Back into a meeting place and where people are able to come and share. And so that history is, you know, one of those things that, you know, it's uh, come alive again uh, just okay. with this whole Claiborne Reborn. Um, and yeah, you're I right, it, on it, it, the
1: served,
2: yeah, it served kind of like as a, a meeting place for the sanitation worker. They would meet there and, right. and go out from there for marches and many other uh, things. It was definitely a hub, but it was. You know, it was just one of those places where you couldn't go in there for for a long period of time without having a hard hat on. But you know, <laughs> it, you it, is, it is absolutely, absolutely, it is definitely one of those places now that you know they've been. Um, and hats off to the philanthropic community and those who come together to 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 allow that history to live on by basically um, uh, rebuilding or building out and, and fixing and repairing. And retrofitting that place to make it something uh, special and that can now be used again. And what's so crazy about yes. it? It's like a block away from the FedEx Forum where the Memphis Grizzlies play. So right, it's, right. it's right there in the midst of um, that, that. Right, right there in a very
1: important uh, area of the city. Yes, yes, it is. You know what? I, oh, let me let me say one thing about that. I am a man, and I have this is another thing in regards to over the years. I I've, I've been in museums. You know, I'm a museum fanatic. I like sure. to visit visit them all over, and I have seen so many different photographs that are, um, that that have been that have been shown and that have been um, um, placed. I'm a man. Those photos and mm-hmm. such. But let me tell you that i i somehow disconnected connected that the fact that it was from that movement you know i yeah. i knew it was a part of the civil rights movement but right. i it was totally disconnected right. that the fact that it was from memphis and was from that time bobby i'm i i you know, I really completely, it eluded me. And just to see that, I'm like, my God, I've seen this photograph in so many different magazines and so many yeah. different museums. And it was so, yeah. so I'm just really thankful that I'm grateful that it was brought, brought back to the fact that it's from my hometown and it's from, you know, the sanitation workers movement. And, movement. and yes, that was just one thing that, I, that came to mind that I had, had lost. And so, you yeah. know, yeah. yeah.
2: And there's a guy named Joe Warren who was one of the. I'm sorry, states. I just have so much of this information in my head. No, please, please
1: share. <laughs> but
2: Joe <laughs> Warren was the guy who uh, was a sanitation worker who coined that phrase. And the story goes it was. I can't remember exactly the story, but Harry Loeb was the mayor at the time, and I think referred to him as a boy. Um okay. And he referred back to the, uh, him, saying that he, I am a man, and that ended up being the coin. Point phrase that kind of yes. launched uh, that 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 movement that that yes. that sanitation strike and it has inspired people who have uh, fought for human dignity and fairness all over the world. I mean, we've heard all so over many the world. over the years about people who and have been inspired I, by that strike. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And and little had I forgotten. I'm not. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to say didn't know because I'm sure I knew right. it. I've forgotten that it was from that time and from my own hometown, and I'm super proud of it. Super proud of it. Super proud of everything that's going on, and the fact that Memphis is just, you know, had a wonderful presentation and platform. I can just see it. I can feel it from from the from the pictures that I've seen and the clips that I've seen, and you know, well 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 done. But now the theme. I'm gonna close. I'm not gonna hold you too long, Bobby. But the, clo- the no, closing, I know that. I know that the theme was where do we go from here. So I need you to speak well, on that personally. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that well, that's a that's a whole other podcast. Where do we go from here? But just briefly,
2: what do well, you think? Well, I, I think that I think that one of the things that first of all kind of you know brings me. You know, considering that, um, where do we go from here? Um, um, If I remember it correctly, that book, I mean, it's first of all, that theme coming from a book written by Dr. King. I'm not sure what year it was, but
1: but I I do I believe I read that it was one of his last books that he
2: wrote. Yeah, yeah, but here's the thing. What I do recall is that there was a subtitle to that book. The subtitle to that book was Chaos or Community. Where do we go from oh. here, chaos or community? So okay. I think that that's one of the considerations that we absolutely have to give. When we come to that point where, you know, coming to that point where we understand we've got to live together, if you look right now, there is more acrimony and disagreement in yes. our political discourse and our relationships right. and how we relate one to the other and the, the, the chaos <laughs> That we've seen created, uh, attributable to some extent by this this whole idea of um, uh, a president, um, an elected president who, in, in many ways, has kind of ripped off the scab of you know yes, some of these old conversations and and and, and they, notwithstanding, you know, to, not to say all these things fall at the feet of a Donald Trump, but okay. what we're seeing is. Um, not just that we are law enforcement and the way policing happens in of many course. cities, where you know we just what happened there in, in Sacramento, out there in California, with Stephen Clark and and all right. these different things. I mean,
1: right. but we're going to have
2: to figure this out, right, from the standpoint of um, getting to that. Beloved community that Dr. King talked about, where yes. where where we're not being Pollyannish about <laughs> overlooking uh, overlooking uh, what is not right. I think one of the things that 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 brings, that that comes to my mind that even as he wrote and talks about chaos or community, mm-hmm. we got to remember the last year of his life. I wrote this on a Facebook post the other day. You know, he had just come out against the Vietnam War exactly one year. Prior I saw to your him
1: post.
2: being assassinated, April fourth, 1967, right. there in New York at the Riverside Church, came out against the yeah. Vietnam War. It was right. ostracized by so many. It was criticized by so many. The media from the Washington Post and New York Times, you know, uh, talked badly about him. Uh, even friends uh, felt like he was, you know, turning his back on Lyndon Johnson, who had been so helpful signing the civil rights uh, bill. Yeah,
1: turning his back on but, the country, huh?
2: Yeah, but exactly. But it's one of those things that at some point, consciousness needs to kind of stand up and allow us to speak out on things.
1: Absolutely. But our
2: being vocal and speaking out is not to create chaos where chaos is the end of it. It's for us to allow the sunlight to come into our conversations, for us to talk through things with the understanding that, Getting to community doesn't mean that we don't talk about our differences or we don't talk about uh, things that we are challenged by. It means right. that we talk through these things to get to a place where we're able to commune together. So it's not, not like whip. we're as a yes. community, doesn't mean that we are, have these rose colored glasses on where right, we are or not kumbaya. To,
1: yeah, exactly. It's not, exactly. It's, no, it's, it's not, not that. about
2: having kumbaya no. moments where yes. we you know, are not able to talk and have frank conversations about, uh, about what is happening in the world, but it means right. that we need to learn how to disagree without being disagreeable. We need Absolutely. to learn how to have public discourse and the political discourse without it turning into violence. We need to learn Absolutely. how to be able to challenge administrations and challenge public officials and challenge one another about Absolutely. things that we don't feel are right and to get us to a better place. Because chaos, um, uh, we should not view disagreement as being chaos. disagreement right. should allow us to get past chaos to a place where we're yeah. able to commune if we will just have these conversations and continue to challenge one another and try to you know be better i mean dr uh, Barack Obama said it well, you know that that perfect union uh, you know we, we've got to get there. It's always a place where we're trying to work toward it, and I think that. We've got to learn how to challenge one another and still speak I up on totally ideas agree. of conscience. It's not about us being quiet. It's about us still speaking out, understanding that right. speaking out is a part of us, you know, getting it's things part out of in the open. It it is is. A part of It's a part of activism.
1: Of Absolutely. It is. a part of activism. Absolutely, it is. And, you know, you have spoken a word and something that's close to where where my passion lies is that I yes. believe that, you know, our, even our, brother, our brothers and sisters are people of color, or have grown complacent to a certain degree. And, and, you know, well, what can I do, you know, or if I say this, or I don't want to rattle, you know, my Facebook friends of another color, you know, the other side, and I don't want to rock the boat. But I believe that that's what it takes to speak out. And like you said, it doesn't have to, it won't be, and we're not looking for a kumbaya moment, but we have to have conversations so we can better understand one another. Because what this political administration has done is just brought to light things that have already been there, and that maybe mm-hmm. we have been a little bit um, yeah. um, naive to the yeah. fact that we thought that we have grown farther than we have. But I think that right. it starts first in speaking out, and you know, and I'm speaking out and then from, from that um being vocal to take that and then turn it into an actionable um, that point.
2: is it. What you just said, yes. Stacey. Because here's yes. the one thing about it. The one thing that I think like like I am I was excited about what those I mean, success begets success. What we cannot yes. allow. I think that if there's anything to be said about looking at 1968, anything to be said about social movements, generally speaking, is that right. we can't so easily be placated by being invited to meetings that leave right. nowhere. You know, yes. getting pats on the back, getting your name called from the podium. Ultimately, yes. action Changing in politics, the the, the the activism, the direct action, the yes. marches, yes. they are a means to an end. But if the end yes, isn't achieved, the means have to still <laughs> keep going on. You got to yes, keep doing what you're doing, change strategy because because it's a means to an end. It's not the yes. end in and of itself. Getting a bunch of people right. together. One of the right. I, what what I am so um, loving on regarding what I saw with the March for Our Lives movement is what the Florida governor did with the legislation he put in place because of the pressure these kids placed on. Yes. Him. And, and so see, and that's that, what I'm yes. talking
1: about. And that's, that's what, what we that's need. Yes. Yeah, where it starts with one person, you know, Bobby, it starts with that that one person yeah. who thinks that they don't have a voice and they can, cannot do anything, but the one, and then there's two and then there's three. And then we all gather and then we look, look up and we have black lives right. matter. And then we look up and we have March that's for right. our lives. And like you said, then that the pressure, you know, just like King, you know, in the Selma marches where, you know, put the pressure on the that's voting right. rights, you know, and it and it, it, it just puts the pressure and just like you said, the Florida legislation that was put in place started from that one person, you know, that said, Okay, this isn't right and we have those you know, we have yep. to do something.
2: Yep. Yeah, and I and I think I'm, that's the one thing about movement generally speaking. And the thing is is that I I I think that <laughs> That, that one thing about Dr. King is that his him being okay with being unpopular because he was standing on a position of conscience as it related to the yes. Vietnam War. And ultimately, the, the nation caught up to where Dr. King was. I mean, he delayed coming out against the war for a period of time, but ultimately okay. the nation came up, and history has vindicated him again. In terms yes, of, it has,
1: right? you know,
2: our it has. what we should not have been doing and, have
1: been doing and, in Vietnam, and, and yes. as related and to
2: Vietnam, and this is no disrespect yes. to those who serve, but uh, to the Absolutely. extent that, I mean, it's it's just like there's no disrespect to those who served and 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 went to um, uh, a war um, uh, in Iraq. It's, it's 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 the idea, or, or um, uh, we talking about uh, we're speaking of weapons of mass destruction that did not exist. So there's no disrespect to those who served, but but history has uh, demonstrated that those who were in opposition to the war were right. And I think that one of the things, I mean, I I know we've talked for a moment here, but if there's there's anything to be said for all of this is that at some point, leadership, real leadership, means that. Real
1: leadership? Real
2: leadership means that you can't be friendly with everybody all the (laughs) time. You can't always. (laughs) You can't, listen, it doesn't mean that you have to be, you know, so there's so much acrimony where you can't speak to people or whatever, but we got to get to this place where it's not enough for us to uh, feel that, you know, they know who I am or, or we, hey, they recognize that, you know, it's about the means to the end. What is the end? And and this is the other thing, Stacey. Sometimes you have to. Understand that when it comes to these movements, that the same people who are bringing attention to it are not necessarily the same ones who go in and sit down at the meeting table to work through the details on what the policy will be.
1: There's a the role is for
2: everybody to play.
1: There is, and, and we have everyone and, and has a role to absolutely. play.
2: Absolutely. And they Absolutely. set them you know,
1: they set it up, you know, they set it up to, to to gain that seat at the table so that we can make real change happen.
2: That's that's exactly right, and I think that once yeah. we become comfortable in the fact that, you know, it, I mean, not all of us are, uh, are meant to be out there uh, uh, marching. Some of yes. us are meant to be inside uh, making these changes or pushing for these changes internally. Some of us are meant to be the negotiators to get us to a better yes. place. Some of us How are meant to that? be the person who are friends with those people who are in uh, positions of influence, and we can use personal relationships to get them in a different headspace on what they need to do. So there, there, there's room. It's like the oh, cross. There's room for, for many more. Yeah.
1: You know, <laughs> you when it comes so to they, trying you,
2: to make change, there's room for all of us to to be a part of, of getting us there.
1: Yes, yes. Oh, this has been so inspirational, and I definitely yeah. appreciate it. And like I said, I wanted to take a moment to use the podcast. You know, what is it for us? For inspirational, you know, topics. And for badass people such as yourself, I hope you don't mind me saying that. <laughs> it's all right. It's all <laughs> that, right, that's what it's all about. And then I hope that this podcast, you know, this topic, moves someone to you know. There is work to be done. Of course, there is work, and there's work. Like you said, you know, everyone has a place, everyone has a role, and it may not be you know out there in the marches, but there is a place for, for each of absolutely. us, right?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely, thank you and so I much. appreciate it.
1: thank you <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. I appreciate your time uh m l k fifty so proud of once again um Memphis, Tennessee, and all that was portrayed and all that that went on. um is anything going on now, or has everything wrapped?
2: No, let me tell you, they still have there's a concert tomorrow, and there I mean there's an event wow, at, in fact an event at a concert at Claiborne temple they're still discussions that are going on and panels so it's it's still it's over into I think it's going to at least go through the weekend events that I'm aware of and um, it's just it's just been one of those things where you know but I think it's been you know people leaving inspired and and and, and revved up and, and ready to go back to their respective communities you know and get engaged in a, in a new yes to, to get engaged inspired to remain engaged Uh, So I think that's what this time has been, Uh, as we commemorate his life, reflect on, you know, what he meant to so many people and then reminded of what he said that, you know, we don't want to ever have a high blood pressure of creeds and an anemia of deeds. It's it's not just about what we say, it's about what we do. So
1: I've I've
2: appreciated that fact that we've been able to see Memphis inspire people to go back to their respective communities, remain engaged, or to get involved.
1: All right, then. I'm going to end. Thank you once again, Bobby. I appreciate Thank you. you. I'm gonna. And wait a minute. I want to end with an MLK quote. And here's one quote. He has so many that we, we hear about, but here it is. Mm-hmm. The time is always right to do what is right. So that's find right. your place <laughs> and uh, get busy. All right, get busy. All right, there's much work to be done. All right, that's take good. care, Bobby.
0: Thank you. All right, you. you too. Thank you. <laughs> Wow, all I can say is just wow. That was such an inspiring conversation. I am so moved. My heart is full. Thank you so much, Bobby White, for your time and sharing your perspective and your views and your personal stories from the commemoration of MLK 50. I I appreciate you. Thank you once again. Listeners, tell me your thoughts. Share with me. Are you moved? how do you plan on honoring the life and legacy of dr king um you cannot uh look on memphis look at memphis and everything that's going on in the commemoration of the 50th year of the assassination of dr king and not have a plan to move forward to take an action to make a stand to speak on something just tell me how you plan on speaking on behalf of your brothers and your sisters, and uh, just let me know. I'm so inspired right now, and, and want to continue to move forward. I'm happy to have, to have, so grateful to have this platform to share regarding MLK 50. I had to, I had another topic planned, but I had to put it aside for next week, and it'll be wonderful, um, everything, and it's on time, and it's on season, so yes, I'm so moved. All right. So, I have a free ebook for you. Go to gratefulbadass.com. A free gift. my ebook. My very first ebook is called Grateful Living Badass Style. Let me know your thoughts. Claim your free ebook at gratefulbadass.com and let me know your thoughts. And I'm not going to hold you. I'm going to sign off. Grateful Badass signing off. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. Rate a review, share a review on iTunes. Share the podcast with a friend and another friend and another friend and I'm signing off as my my maternal grandmother would always say. Have a good day today and a better day tomorrow. Bye.